everybody. Welcome to the first episode of what uh, we're loosely calling Tire Talk with the Turo Tires. Uh, it's uh, me, Colin. We got Joe and Edwin here as well uh, to join in on the conversation. So if uh, we maybe just want to go around and everybody introduces themselves, we'll start with that. So uh, I'm Colin, working the marketing department at a Turo. I'm here clearly in the warehouse right now behind in front of the Jeep. And yeah, so I travel around with Joe. We go to events all over the place. Uh, I was an intern at Aturo for two years and just came on full time. What a, what a time to do that. Really, really just jumping right in with everything, you know. So uh, if we want to throw it over to Joe and he'll tell you guys a little bit about him and then we'll, we'll go over to uh, Edwin. All right, how's it going, everyone? Good, good uh, evening. <clears throat> All right, so I logged into the uh, onto Facebook, so I'll be in the chat room, so that way if anybody signs in and stuff, we can see that there. So that's good. All right, also <clears throat> work with uh, marketing at Tour Tires. Uh, been there for a little bit over four years. Um, mostly doing events, so this is a huge change of pace uh, from what we're usually used to. Huge, huge change. Um, and also uh, we'll have uh, we have Edwin here with us uh, joining in, so I'll I'll pass it over to him. Hey guys, my name's Edwin Abd. Um, I'm the owner of Ab Motorsports. Um, I do a lot of uh, truck outfitting, um, primarily uh, government vehicles, um, and I also race Ultra Four and am sponsored by Aturo Tires and uh, about to be running the best tires out there for some of the hardest racing in the world. Man, you started with all the boring stuff. Yeah, I, I outfit government trucks, and yeah, I have like this little shop. I also just race this thing called Ultra Four, like, like just just in my free time. It's not like a big deal or anything, just casual. But so it's first, just a little, little short race. Just a little race. A little race a little in Johnson race. Valley happens once a year. You know, questionably the yeah. toughest off road race out there. But on the topic of events, I wanted to. <laughs> I want I'm reading the chat. I'm laughing. Um, oh, dang it. <laughs> whiteboard. Oh, yeah. The, that joke is great because anybody <laughs> who knows Joe, Joe loves whiteboards. Joe absolutely cannot stay organized without whiteboards. He has like three at the office. So the fact that he said nice whiteboard is absolutely hilarious to me. Um, so on the topic of things like uh, King of the Hammers and that sort of thing, um, events is a big thing for us. Like Joe said, this is a huge change of pace to what we typically do. So this is our first time doing a Facebook live like this. Cause I think it's important for us to still be accessible to our consumers. If people want to know, like ask questions, what's going on, learn about new products. Um, so this is the first thing for us because we usually are traveling to events. So on the topic of events, we had several events we were planning on going to the two biggest ones being Easter Jeep Safari and Jeep beach. And those were obviously both canceled. Um, Easter Jeep Safari was canceled. They don't plan to reschedule it because obviously it's, it's not Easter anymore. So it wouldn't really be Easter Jeep Safari. Um, they're just postponed it until next year. That's really disappointing as all three of us were supposed to be out there this weekend or this week, actually doing yeah, trail rides. Sweet. So it's kind of a big disappointment. We're not doing that. Uh, Jeep beach was rescheduled to September. And as of now, we're still going to be there. We're still going to be at the vendor show still going to be, but it seems like it's going to be a compressed version. It's only three days now instead of a whole week. 
but we do still plan. Hello, Chris Ashton in the comments. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, we will be giving, be sure to ask questions and comment and all that stuff. Cause we will be giving away goodies and swag and all that stuff to people who comment, whether it's a shirt or we're, we may or may, we may or may not have hats being made soon. I don't know, but. We do, we do. Possibly, possibly. It's in the works, it's in the works. L- little little Birdie told me there's going to be a Turo hat soon. Close, close. <laughs> so, a couple weeks, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But yeah, we might give away some of those. We got a ton of shirts, hoodies, all that stuff. So be sure to leave comments, leave questions, all that stuff in the... George, how's it going? Um, be sure to leave all your questions, comments, concerns, everything in the comment in the in the comment section below this, and we'll get back to you and pick some people and send out some stuff. I'll send out some private messages after the stream to people I pick. So, we're still planning on going to events, whether or not we don't know when that's going to happen. But we, we we obviously invested heavily in getting a nice stage trailer that we unveiled at SEMA, and we we want to get back on the road. But we're obviously not going to go on the road if there's no events to go to. So. That's going to happen. Uh, as of now, the next event, the next big event we have scheduled is Bantam Jeep Fest in Butler, which is supposed to happen beginning of June. No clue if that's going to happen at this point or not. I, I think the last I spoke with her, they said uh, May 31st, I think it is, that they're going to uh, make a final call <clears throat> as whether they'll keep the June date or move it to a further date uh, later September, early October or something. Yeah, so uh, I hope I hope it happens. We'll see. Things are changing so often. Silver Lake Jeep Invasion is another one that is kind of around that time and up in the air. So I don't, I don't know if we'll at least go out there to the dunes and drive around. We got some fun vehicles. Uh, we're building a Ranger right now, and that'll lead us into kind of the next section where I want to do a little more kind of vehicle talk, which I think, you know, Edwin can talk about what, what he does, his, his, gov- his government trucks and that little Ultra 4 he has. Um, so right now we have, um, a Jeep, which is Joe's toy. And Joe, you want to talk about kind of a little bit what we did to that over yes. the winter Speak- before SEMA? Yeah. Speaking of Jeeps, what's up, John over there? Uh, how's it going? Um, uh, on the chat room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Talking about the Jeep. Uh, first of all, what's that we've got, we've been working on that for, uh, I think almost on three years, roughly. And definitely from when we first started to now, uh, how to handle things that happen to it. Cause it's, I feel like every week there's something, something's happening to it, you know? Um, like this last week, thankfully I used the, uh, the flash pack module, uh, the super chips, I mean. So I used super chips, hooked that up to ODB2 and had a, uh, it was oil pressure thing, whatever. Cleared that out and it's fine right now, you know? Um, so thankfully it's nothing, nothing too, too great, too crazy. What I do like about it right now, having less traffic on the road, uh, I actually got it up to about like, it was like 80, 85 maybe. Uh, so it was a little faster than usual, but uh, it drove it drove really good with all the new steering suspension and stuff that we put in there. It, I mean, it handled. I yeah, it was great. Um, let's see what else. Uh, but yeah, huge shout out to everybody who helped us with that build. Yeah, Fab Fours, Attitude Performance in Arlington Height, PSC, RCV Axles, Terraflex. It's that that Jeep would not be what it was if it wasn't for people helping us out. But I'm gonna jump to the comments quick. Travis Mitchell. Are you aware how widely used you are on Mopars as stock replacements? Yes, very widely. And that that's kind of funny because that's totally by coincidence. We didn't, that was never part of the plan. We didn't like make that tire with Mopar vehicles in mind. That wasn't like something we were considering doing, but 
It just happens that the sizes we were making for trucks and light trucks and that in the AZ850 and AZ800 happen to fit Mopars. So with that, there may or may not be something happening in the future along those lines, but uh, there may be possibly more sizes in the 850 geared towards muscle car fitments. I can't confirm or deny future product developments, but there may be more tires in the future for you guys in that muscle car segment, whether it's Mopar or Ford or Chevy, that sort of muscle car size in that ultra high performance tire. You have anything to add to that, Joe? On the AZ stuff, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, the AZ lines. What I liked about the Jeep, for example, that was a good uh, a good test for us, where we took our Trailblade series of tires, um, you know, went one vehicle specifically, like with the Jeep, for example, and just kind of see, you know, different different Trailblade series and how those performed on it and how that did. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it. So now with the AZ stuff, I'm I'm pretty pumped about that because I think we're gonna have a lot of chance to uh, do things at like drag strip, you know get some content there, um, run the tires. And thankfully, like somebody was commenting about how well the tires are received and a lot of the Mopar stuff. Uh, um, what I would kind of be really pumped about is see like some of those, uh, you know, the Grand Cherokees, the uh, Trailhawks, um, and then also some of the Mopar, like uh, the the car stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty pumped. I think we're gonna have a fun, a fun year once we can all get back together again. <laughs> so Edwin, you got the Ultra 4 obviously, and I saw you just bought a, uh, a Jeep, another project, right? So what's what's the deal? What is the plan with that thing? Um, as of right now, the plan for the Jeep is to keep it as stock as possible. I don't want to go too crazy with it. I've got, I've got oh every uh, Jeep o- owner ever right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it stock. It's gonna it's, it's mild lift, maybe like thirty three. Yeah. It's gonna be stock. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got I've got two pretty built Toyotas. I've got a, a '94 runner that's straight axle with uh, '40s on it, and then I've got an '85 Toyota pickup with '40s on it as well, which I actually just put a set of 40-inch uh, Trailblade bosses on. So I've got the, those are my rock crawlers. This Jeep is going to be more of a keep it stock, more of a cool kind of weekend uh, cruiser, I guess you could call it. Cruise around with the top off. Enjoy that nice weather you guys have over there when it was like 30 degrees here today. Yeah. Yeah. It flurried actually, man. It was weird. It was flurries. Yeah, it was snowing here today. Yeah. It was like, what the yeah. spring break? <laughs> at least you guys are in quarantine, like in nice weather. You go outside and at least enjoy it somewhat, but yeah. we're stuck here. <laughs> yeah. Now it's pretty nice here. But yeah, I'm going to keep the Jeep stock as possible um i run the uh i've currently got the xts on my dodge ram 2500 mega cap pickup that i use it's my tow rig slash daily driver so um i've actually run uh the mts the xts and the uh trailblade trailblade bosses on my truck and um love all the tires uh definitely i'd say though the hts for what i'm using it for are or sorry the x i'm trying to remember now the xt no at <laughs> getting these mixed up the ats are definitely uh working the best for what i'm using it for yeah i'd say generally like if you're talking about a tire that you're going to actually use the truck for legitimate truck purposes along the lines of towing hauling like a good work tire 
definitely the AT. I mean, it, it's 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 not it's not a sexy tire. It's not nope. like you don't put it on there and you're like, man, that's a good looking. You just it's just look not. at that sidewall. <laughs> yeah, just look at that smooth sidewall. It's just that's yeah, great, but. It, it, it works. It gets the job done. I'm actually really excited because that jumps into our kind of next segment I have here for us. The the new tires we have coming out, the ATS and the MTS. I really like the ATS because it kind of it, it splits the difference even more so between like an AT and an XT because you have a really aggressive looking tire still, but you still have the 50,000 mile warranty like you do on the AT. You still have George. It's 80 degrees in new Orleans. It's I swear it's always 80 degrees and like a hundred percent humidity there. Like when we were there in the summer and got off oh, the plane, man. I thought oh, I was going to die. It's yeah. that it's, it's too, it's too hot there. That's just, that's too much for everywhere. me, but the ATS I'm really excited for that tire because it it's, it's going to, I hope for us kind of cut into that AT segment. Initially it's going to be aftermarket sizes, but I'm pretty sure we're going to expand on that. I really hope that kind of cuts in to that AT segment where people can get a good looking tire, but also one that performs really well because not that, not that the XT and the MT and the boss won't do those things. It's just that tire isn't built for those things. If that makes sense. And I, I hope the ATS will kind of bridge that gap. Because right now I'm pretty sure I think the ATS the one we have is a 285, 45, 22. Um, which, which that's is, that's a more look size. Yeah, that's not that's not a work size. Well, but, but a lot of the trucks that are coming in now are 20s and 22s. I mean, so if you're gonna upgrade, like it is a nice decent size. Which, but I agree with you, like it is a nice the ATS. Like yeah. I I don't understand honestly why all these truck manufacturers insist that everybody wants 22s on like a half ton truck. <laughs> like it. it I just, I just don't, don't get, I, who, who, who is going into the deal? Like, yeah, I, I actually 22s. That's too small. I want 24s in my F-150. Actually 26s yeah. might as well just, just go big or go home. Like, I, <laughs> well, I think that's kind of like we were talking about last time. It's definitely like uh, the events or shows we go to. Yeah. You know, you see like real big stuff on there. Um, but when you talk to someone, how they're actually using them at 17s, 18s, 20s, maybe. Right. You know, like even the Ranger right now, what's the Ranger on? That's on 17s, right? Yeah, Ranger's 17s. on 17s, 265, 70, 17s. 70, and that's 70. that's a good fitment for that. Um, it's like almost 33 inches, I think it is, right? No? Yeah, it's about 30. No, no, no. That's like a 31 oh. and a half, I think. Oh, oh yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Because 33s on those, you have to get out, cut out the intrusion bars. Which is, which is again, like, all. why is it that... OEMs, manufacturers in general, insist on, no, you're not allowed to run anything bigger. We're going to make it impossible for you to run anything bigger by just making the wheel well as small as possible. Uh, Chris Ashton has a good uh, uh, comment there. So the MT would be amazing in the Ultra 4 uh, with the thick sidewalls and stuff like that. And Edwin's brought that up too before, saying something like a match between the boss and the MT uh, would be a little bit more, you know, maybe perform a little better, but then the boss sidewalls, at least from what Edwin, you know, and, and a couple other people, it's just, is pretty strong. <laughs> you want to talk a little yeah. bit about how the boss did in this year, Edwin, on your truck? Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. We, uh, I think Joe, I know you saw the, you the saw tire, the iron wheel, the wheel was gone. Fin yeah. Finishing up lap one, we dropped down out of back door and I was, I was just wide open coming through the wash and there was a 
So there's literally one big rock right in the middle of the wash, and I was trying to dodge it, and I, I just kind of ended up lining myself up perfectly straight with it and decided to, decided to take the tire straight on with it rather than stuff the front of the car into it. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was expecting it to do something. And sure enough, uh, what I thought was a blown tire, we drove another couple of miles in the pit, uh, never let off. I thought the tire was going to be shredded, but we pulled it in the pit. Tire wasn't smoking. Tire was still in one solid shape and the wheel was actually broke. And it's just, it's unbelievable that the tire, my picture even said when I, when I pulled up in the pit that the, that the tire didn't look flat. <laughs> yeah. Cause so, that was, that, that was one of my, my things that we were trying to see all the vehicles and, you know, you'd see flats and you're trying to zoom in on the pictures and I'm like, all right, there's all these punctures or there's all these flat tires. And that's why I was asking you, like if it was because of punctures or, or what was the reason for it. And when we saw yours, like you said, the rim was just, I mean, broke. So obviously can't hold there. Yeah. The tire was. Yeah. Was, good. I mean, this, <laughs> this is the second Kings of the hammers I've run with these tires. And, you know, I ran the entire season last year and, um, you know, have, have yet to lose a tire. And I'm, you know, I don't know if you watched any of the King of the hammers trip or my qualifying or anything, but I'm not holding back at all. Like I am, I am going balls of the walls on it. And it's the tires are holding up for me. Yeah. There, there I've just pulled up for everybody. There is a picture of Edwin's, tire and this is the tire wheel we're talking about right here you can see um that's what it looked like so you could see that that's a forged a forged 17 inch wheel a forged bead lock where where do you where do you have it on the i pulled it up on dropbox you you can't oh, see gotcha, it. Gotcha. you can't oh, see okay, it okay, but okay, it's, yeah. it, the stream can see it that okay, is yeah, a, a 17 inch for, forged bead lock wheel and that it looks good from the front but that's what happened in the back of it that is that's absolutely destroyed so I mean, and did you test? Did you test that tire hold there after that, Edwin? Oh, I said those are the best wheels you can get out there too. If there was, if that was any other wheel, the whole thing probably would have shattered. So I mean, for for a wheel to take that kind of a hit and the tire to survive is just unbelievable. That I mean that that because that's the speeds you guys are going at is insane. I, I, I I had a King of the Hammers this year, and then also last year through the season, I've, I've had a handful of times where I've had different racers come up to me, and not just racers, but I've just have had random people I don't even know come up to me and ask me if I'm running tire balls. And, you know, tire balls were banned, I want to say, two years ago, two, three years ago now in Ultra 4. You know, we're not allowed to run them, and people are thinking I'm running tire balls just because I'm not, I'm not losing tires. And it's, it's just funny because I always saw them, no, I'm not running tire balls. And they're like, yeah, well, like, how are you driving it so hard you're not losing tires? Like, well, it's a good tire. <laughs> like, it's working. Yeah, I do think that's that's interesting, the fact that, especially because the Boss generally is is a heavy tire. That's a, that's a, it's a heavy off-road tire because it's 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 built to have the crap beat out of it. That's that's what it's designed for. So I, I think it shines really well on a high powered vehicle like an ultra four, because that weight doesn't matter as much as if you were on a Jeep where all that weight is obviously you're feeling that. I mean, yes, you don't want a super heavy rotating mass on a truck like that, but you have enough power to maybe compensate for it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So and even on a truck, I ran the truck. I ran the Trailblade boxes on my truck uh, last year for a while. Um, I mean, the, I towed my towed the race car 
in the side by side on the flatbed trailer down to Mexico and back for the race we got there. They did great. You towed down the boss when you went down there on the with the ram. Yeah. Oh, nice. Sorry, yeah. my my <laughs> mic keeps muting. I'm muting for some reason. <laughs> I think it's partially your connection, but oh, gotcha. Uh, so I guess I, I we're gonna move on from this. The next kind of topic I thought would be good to discuss is obviously the big thing right now is obviously social distancing. Everybody's being, I guess, not forced in their homes, but obviously you can't go out and do things. You can't go to ball games. You can't go to a movie. You can't go to shows. Obviously all our events have got canceled, but what does this mean for how does social distancing and off-roading go together? Does, does it go together? Is if, if you go off-roading, cause a lot of these off-road parks are being closed. At least the parks are, but we obviously don't live in an area with a lot of actual trails. Like we don't live in Colorado or California or any of these places that actually have trails. And as far as I'm aware, all those trails are still open. So it, what do you guys think about is off-roading a good form of social distancing? Is it, is it uh counterintuitive because you're still interacting with people or do you think there's a way to effectively off-road and still practice social distancing and still, you know, follow the guidelines that are being put out there. Oh, sorry. I was just reading right here. Uh, Nathan Bauer uh, chimed in on uh, Facebook. Oh, okay. Asking, uh, how do you think events, the events and things like SEMA will be changed going forward? But back to what you're saying too about the news. So this is like perfect and spot on. Um, the social distancing and off-roading. I think Colin, you had sent me a video uh, TerraFlex had done where uh, the Jeep Jamboree people were out at Moab that yeah. their daughter lives out there. So they were actually hitting the trails. Um, everything is <clears throat> pretty pretty calm out there. Uh, so they were out there, obviously not with a huge group of people or anything. Um, so how do I think events and things like SEMA? I think everybody's just, I don't want to say one day at a time, but I mean, you're, you know, roughly say a month at a time. Like right it's, now I feel at the end of April, we'll have a better idea for some SEMA stuff and then even more events. I think it's, it's going to change events one way or another forever, or at least in, in the next few years and until there's, until there's a vaccine, until there's a, until people feel safe, because even if the government says, Hey, let's all go outside. And I mean, I, I don't want this whole stream to turn into a coronavirus stream. Cause you could look anywhere in the media and, and read about coronavirus and this and that. But if you, people need to feel, go to these events and be able to feel like they're safe there and feel like they can interact with people in a safe way without having fear. So whether or not it's, you know, people got, got it already and can go out and they feel confident they won't get it again, or there's a vaccine or whatever. I honestly think, I don't think the, the United States, the people of the U S is, is built like, like a lot of the countries in Asia, like culturally, I don't think we're going to, people are going to wear masks. I just don't see it happening. I don't see a lot of the people in the U S wearing masks going around and doing that sort of thing. So I don't know how quickly these events are going to open up because I, I don't honestly see the majority of Americans following these guidelines. Once they start letting people out again. more specifically, like the group of people that we work with, like with, you know, outdoor lifestyles and automotive enthusiasts and stuff like that. You're uh you're a lot more independent, you know, you do things on your own a lot yep. more. So you're, I don't want to say you're not scared of things. I mean, cause yeah, you do take things, take things seriously and all that, but you, 
things don't hold you back as easily, especially for outdoor yeah, people. They're like, you know, kind of, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely, uh, uh, and, and I, I know we didn't ask that question. We might've asked it, sorry, on the, uh, on the Instagram, but even when the, once the events do kick back off, it's like, what are, are people going to go? Things? Yeah. Right? Are people yeah. still going to go to these things? Edwin, I know you were talking about hitting up the Rubicon trail once it starts to ice melt and ice starts to melt and snow starts to melt up there. Do you, are, are there a lot of people, you know, still hitting, hitting the trails Are people still going out and doing this kind of stuff? Um, I mean, yeah, but it's, you know, it's obviously something everyone's taken into mind. It's, you know, it's for instance, last weekend, we actually went up, uh, up near Lake Isabella and went for with a, with a small group up there. Um, you know, everyone had it in mind. It was funny. <laughs> no one really shook hands and it's like, you know, normally yeah. Yeah. together, you know, high five and whatever, shaking hands and everyone was kind of, you know, kept it in mind and everyone just kind of hung back and, you know, we were all in our rigs. It wasn't like we were sitting, standing outside. I mean, we did yeah. get out at one point. Everyone kind of standing in a circle talking, but you know, we're not kind of keeping that whole six foot thing in, in mind at the same time. But you know, most of the time you're in your rigs driving. So, you know, the whole social distancing thing is, I think four wheeling does kind of go hand in hand with it. Yeah. It's, did, are there, there any, are there any like, like Rangers or like, like, uh, Forest Preserve, whatever, trail police out there saying anything to you guys? Like, are you having any sort of interaction with any sort of law enforcement? Or, um, You know, last weekend we didn't see anyone. Um, before that, we did uh, a couple of weeks ago. We went down to the beach. The beach was still open. Um, and it was like, it was right when all this was happening. And, you know, kind of everyone was, I guess, scared at the at the peak about what was going on but the beach was still open and we went down there and the you know the ranger was there the beach was still open and you know they let us on and they said you know state parks are closed but the beach was still open and they they let us on they didn't charge us to get on and you know just said go out have fun and we went out there and there was you know not as many people as normally were out there but still a fair share of people out there you know the whole dirt bikes and the atv rentals were still going lots of people out there riding and um you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but yeah. it's one of those things that it's, it is what you make of it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm just, I, I'm just curious how, cause I, I keep seeing more and more articles obviously about how off-roading social distancing go together. And as off-roaders, I think that makes a lot of sense, but I don't know if the general public understands how off-roading works enough to continue to allow that, if that makes sense. I think they, they see a large group of people and they think, oh, every time people go out on the trails, it's with a huge group of people and that's not allowed. I'm seeing oh, John's wow. comment right now on Facebook yeah, I was reading that. and that's, that's kind of how it is here. Uh, There's no, we don't have, we're in Illinois outside of Chicago and there's obviously not a whole lot of wheeling to be done around here. So there's a few private parks, but again, those parks are privately owned and are being shut down because they're deemed non-essential. It's not like going out on the trails. I mean, Colorado, they're not going to close all those trails. Utah, they're not going to close all those trails. California, they're not going to close all those trails. They're so remote in those areas. They're not going to shut all those trail systems down and keep people from going there. So are people still going to be able to do that? Probably, but is there going to be some sort of proactive measure 
to keep people from, from is there going to be some sort of order or more ranger patrols or BLM or whatever telling people, hey, you can't be on these trails? I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I hope it doesn't because I think that's, you know, the first step down a slippery slope. There's already constant battles, again, not to get in the politics of it, about closing trails. And it's a huge thing when you go off-roading to be conscious of the trail and, and pick up trash and not go off the trail and not tear up the natural resources. And it's already a battle. So if this somehow gets leveraged to close those trails, I, for one, would fear, are they even going to ever open again? I think most trails right now, if they've got a gate on them, I think they're closed. Really? Well, like Hollister Hills is closed. Uh, You know, Oceano Dunes is closed. You know, they've all got gates. They're not letting anyone in right now. Wow. Is is the the Rubicon has snow on it, but is that gated? Can you get to it? The Rubicon does not have a gate. And from my understanding, that is it is considered a county maintained road. So, nice. you know, that's huge thanks to Vicki Sanders from El Dorado County on that for helping make all that happen. But, yeah. you know, that I don't think the roof, I don't think there's anything that will ever shut. I, I, I would hope there's not anything that would ever shut the Rubicon Trail down. With that being said, you know, other trails like Fort Ice, you know, Fort Ice does have um, gates on it. So Fort Ice, or I shouldn't, certain entrances to Fort Ice have gates on them. And I'm, I know those are closed right now because of snow. So, I mean, a, a lot of the, a lot of the trails around here that, that are in the mountains right now are closed mainly due, due to snow, if anything, right now, not necessarily coronavirus, but yeah, uh, you know, you go out to hammers, hammers is still open. You know, there's, you're not going to put a, a gate up across the desert. No. Uh, you know, Cougar Buttes is open. Calico is open. So, you That's know, how it is in lots of the stuff in Utah I've heard too, because it's just all open. You can't really shut it down. I mean, if there if there's a gate, I'm sure they would. If it's if it's state parks and there's a gate, they shut it down. Uh, George got a good point, actually, too, because if if something were to happen to somebody in a trail, how would you get to them to help them? Or um, so that's 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 a yeah. That's a, yeah, a, I mean, rescue yeah. rescue personnel is is a big thing in terms of trails in general, and if they're already super remote, so if these jurisdictions and safety crews and everything are already stretched as thin as it is, yeah. and especially some of these high concentrated areas, it would be a potential issue. But again, it goes back to how are you going to police it? Like Edwin said, some of these trails don't have gates. Like how are you going to keep people from going? Are you going to just put a, a ranger at the entrance? I mean, some of these trails have multiple entrances. Like yeah. I, you're, you're going to put in more work and resources in policing this than you would otherwise. It's one of those things, too. I know area makes a big difference on it. For instance, you know, when I was living up north, um, people in Northern California that are that are more involved with the trails will respect, you know, if, if the county comes in and says, hey, you know, obviously the trails don't have gates, but we need you guys to stay off the trails until we tell you it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they do that. They used to do that with Rubicon. I haven't seen them do it, do it recently, but Rubicon, when they used to have a heavy rain, they'd say, you know, that's it's too wet. We don't want you guys going out tearing up the trails, so stay off of it. And people would respect it, you know, even though there's no gate, mm-hmm. no one would go out there because they know, you know, you go out there, you're you're taking a risk of ruining it for everyone. And I think generally people are like that, and I think that's obviously a, a good contrast to a good analogy, I should say, to this whole situation. I think people are generally willing to follow 
guidelines for X amount of time, regardless of what that is. So it's like, hey, stay off the Rubicon for a week. Hey, stay off this trail for two weeks, whatever. Stay inside your house for two weeks. But I guess it, it turns into it's closed until further notice. And then when's it opening back up? People get yeah, stir crazy and don't want to do don't want to listen like indefinitely. I always thought kind of like police your own, you know, and, and by that I mean kind of um, uh, like off-roaders, jeepers, uh, very self-sufficient, you know, I think. And, and that's what's interesting is like, yeah, you would need crews to help you, but are you really counting on them to help you? Like, no, for the most part, you and the people you're going out with are all going to make sure that you guys all make it out and back, you know, for the best as best as possible. I think Justin Manning had something in here. Uh, uh, the Willing Crew had chosen not to go because of the in-between stops. And th that was a good point, actually. That's, so the Windy City Jeep Force, it's a, a, a Jeep community uh, um, a group and club out of uh, Illinois, Indiana area. And um, so, yeah, there was a lot of wheeling events that they were going to take place. And they had a good point that it's not just there, but everything that you're doing to get to that place and all the places you're stopping at and how much interactions are going on. So that's that was a very good point. It's definitely a snowball effect. Like you don't, yeah. you don't realize how many people you come into contact with in like glitter. a normal day <laughs> until you start thinking about glitter. it. Like pretend it's glitter or something. I think is what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's move past the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Because I All think, right. I, I think generally <laughs> everyone hears that 24, seven, 365. It's, it, it's trending. It, it's, it's trending. It's a topical it's subject. Trending. It really is. And it's topical for us, obviously, because it's prevented us and changed the way we're doing things. But I just think people, you, you want it, you, you find yeah. it all over Facebook all day, every day anyway. Um, to move on, one of all the right. other things I want to talk about is we keep news. getting more and more in the news. We keep getting more and more leaked images of the Bronco. What do you guys think of the Bronco? Do you think it's going to be a serious contender to the Jeep? No. Right. No. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> Not at all or ever or initially because they're talking about making like I think the initial numbers I said like 200,000 of these things a year. Like crazy number of these things. I mean, that's Wrangler numbers. Well, here's my first question. Is it straight axled? Uh, the leaks I've seen, um, I'm pretty sure it's solid front and rear. Oh, uh, really? I don't doubt if, if it were solid axled, I'd say... I don't know. Even then, I don't think it'd be a contender to the Jeep. I think Jeep's got its name built up too big, and it's got a, a pretty loyal following. And I mean, Jeep is Jeep. You know, it's 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 been around forever. I, I generally guess. I generally do agree with that. But the question begs: When was the last time there was a serious contender rivaling the Jeep? The gladiator. Well, it is a Jeep. I mean, but it's not. It's a truck. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, with yeah. the F3 Cruiser, that didn't work. Uh, you know, it's still out there, but it's not a. I wouldn't say it's a contender by any means to the Jeep. Justin said it's independent yeah. in the front, solid in the rear. I thought I Ooh. saw at least a test mule with a solid front. I don't remember if that was the Bronco or the Bronco Sport, but I'm. I swear I saw one with a solid front end. I'll have to look and see if I'm trying to find any pictures of it again to see what it would be. If it doesn't have a solid front axle, I agree. I think it's just not going to, it's not I mean, going to be a contender. Even if it did have a solid axle, you know, how, how I haven't seen, you know, I've seen a few photos here and there, but how I haven't seen one in person. How big is it? You know, a Jeep's still a fairly, you know, Small compact vehicle. down the trail. You know, if they're building a Bronco to, you know, what they made them into in the nineties, you're not, you know, you're gonna have a hard time squeezing that thing down the trail. 
Yeah, that's true. If you're worried about body damage, if you don't care about body damage, you can have at it. Apparently, a, a lot of I haven't found anything recent, but a lot of what the articles I'm saying there is test pictures of what appears to be a Bronco test mule with solid front and rears. Will that make it into the production unit? Will be will be seen, but I think another person says independent, but I hope it competes with my Jeep or with Jeep. They need serious competition. I, if it's not solid axle, I don't, I don't think they have a chance. It's it's not going to be a serious off-roader people who are doing this rock crawling and this. Yes. George, isn't the, isn't just the Bronco sport based on the Ranger. The regular Bronco is bigger and it's based off of a bigger frame, either F one fifty or something else. I don't believe they're both based off the Ranger. Um, I, I don't know if, if it had a solid front, I think they might have a fighting chance, especially cause they claim they're going to have all this aftermarket support for it. I mean, maybe I'm biased, but I mean, as a Ford guy, I don't think I'd go out and buy a Bronco launch day and build it as a serious off-roader. I mean, it's a cool truck. Don't get me wrong it, but I, I don't think it's going to have the aftermarket support from other companies day one like the Jeep has had for so long. That's a good point you bring up, actually. I think the King of the Hammers, the vehicles that you see brought out to King of the Hammers, that might be something, you know, it's a proving, well, kind of like Easter Jeep Safari, Moab, the proving grounds, you know? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, I'd love to, I, like I said, I'd love to see, oh, Bronco Sport is escape ah, based. What? Ford's coming out with another even smaller truck than the Ranger, which I can't even believe that they're doing that. I mean, that thing is small there. I yeah, forgot. I forgot what they're going to call it, but it, it's going to be it's small. And I think they said it's going to be starting like right around 20,000. Like it's going to be small and it's going to be cheap. Ford smart truck. I think, I think that's great. Oh, well, yeah, it'll think- be it'll be great unless they do what they do with the Ranger, because the Ranger's not a bad truck. The problem is the thing's expensive and the inside of it feels like a base fusion. <laughs> it, it, it does. Like you're going to, you're, you're, you're telling me you want me to go out and spend $40,000. This is coming from someone who's driving our Ranger right now. Like we're, we're, I, I'm literally, I, I have a Ranger parked in the driveway. It's the one we're working and building for SEMA. This is coming from somebody who's actually driven a Ranger and like put considerable on my amount of miles on one. And we're building for what you're paying, these things go between whatever 35 and 40, depending on trim package. You get inside of that thing, no sunroof option. The interior's all plastic. The seats are cloth, unless you get the the Lariat version. It just it feels like a super base, like Fusion inside. And I don't understand why you would buy that over a like a two or three year old F one fifty that you can get for the same price. Ford's competing with themselves. I mean, the only thing I can think is if it's smaller, I don't know, some people, especially for something that's a daily driver, you don't want a, you know, a full-size truck. Oh, I seriously. Let's so, do, let's do a giveaway. Um, I'm thinking we should do trivia. <laughs> I, I like that idea. If we could do trivia. Could do something. Um, You want to do, this will exclude... Anybody, obviously, who works for a Turo, because they're going to know this answer, but the year of which a Turo was founded. If 
you can if you can guess that in the chat. Give me a second. I was like, wait. <laughs> if you can guess that in the chat, uh, we will send you a T-shirt. Yeah. I wonder what Google does say. I'm curious. <laughs> Maybe Google's wrong. No one's gonna get it. My question's way too hard. Yeah, George, you can't you can't guess this because you know the answer. 1988, Chris. No, nope, not 1988. Like the 50s, I think. No, I'm just kidding. The 50s. By the way, Chris Ack on their commenting is also an Ultra 4 racer. It's flat back, flat, flat fabrications racing. Yeah, because he said he was going to race on the bosses next. 37 bosses is what he yeah, said. Yeah, I was, I was earlier. I was reading that. Yeah, he just put a set of the MTs on his tow rig. So I know he loves those. Man, Edwin, you got to be careful. All these people buying a Turos, you're going to have some competition. I know. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Go drill some holes in the side before the race. 1873, 1989 to 2020. 2009? I don't think. Is it technically 2009? I want to say yes, because last year. Yeah, last year we were saying the 10th. This guy has got to be 2009. Whoa. That's a good point, though. Even if you Google it, actually, nothing really comes up. Okay, so Nathan, I'm going to send you a shirt. Um, to go, yeah. I'll send you a message. We'll get a size. I'll send you one. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was it was 2009. Yeah, 2009. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm terror. I, I obviously didn't know the answer to my own trivia question, so I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you um, just make up. Okay, that sounds right. <laughs> thanks, George, for just telling me how to do how to do. It. Next week, next week we're going to get George. Right, next yes. week we're going to get George in here. George the yep. <laughs> George the the DJ. He's going to DJ some music for us. Um. So yes, yeah, so Nathan, Nathan, I'll send you a shirt. Let me get my my notes going over here about what I'm sending out because God forbid I'm not going to remember. Well, uh, I, I believe at the end of this, the chat does that get saved as well? Or I believe it does, but I'm not going to want to scroll okay. through and uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm just keeping track of who we're going to send stuff to. Back to IFS, John Shannon Campbell Ultra Four. I mean, yes, there's lots of Ultra Fours that run IFS. That's, and I'm sure Edwin can touch on this more, but that's a totally different thing than building a rock crawler. You you don't want an IFS car to go off-roading in Moab or like the Rubicon or something ultra four. You're, you're walking a very fine line of having to do high speed stuff through the desert and also rock crawl. Correct. And the IFS that they're running in ultra four cars is you can't compare that to a stock vehicle. Yeah. It's not, not even close to the same. But yeah, people say you're, people you're see CIFS. Comparing a, you're comparing a truck that's thirty five thousand dollars <laughs> to buy a truck to, you know, a set of control arms that's fifty grand to buy the set. Yeah. Yeah, I, and again, like IFS definitely has its place in in off roading in general. If you're gonna just build like you know, even a consumer grade desert truck and try to just drive around and f- around at the dunes or whatever, but it's it's not it's not going to be the same as an ultra four. It just won't, but IFS has its place, but I don't think you're not going to go toe to toe with a Jeep with IFS. And, and again, going back to the whole size of the thing, you know, I think one of the reasons that why Jeep is doing as good as they are is, you know, they haven't, yeah, they added the four door, but before even the, the four door, you know, the JK and the JL, 
you know, Jeep's still a fairly compact vehicle. You know, they're they're compact. They come with, you know, you can take a bone stock Jeep straight out of the box. And they come, you know, lockers front and rear, you know, lower gears in the transfer case. You know, it's, you know I don't know. Is Ford going to do that? Are they going to have lockers front and rear? You know, even if they do put a locker in the front, you know, or is a is a stock CV axle going to hold up to a locker in the front and going off roading? No, I mean, I I've know. I've seen people wheel the crap out of stock stock Rubicons, and I can't see Ford building something that that uh building something that could take a beating the same way a bone stock Jeep Rubicon could. You know, it might be one of those things too that they come out with this, and you know, it may not take off right away, but they'll. You know, if it's something they want to keep pushing, maybe they'll build on it. Yeah, they'll they'll build yeah. on it, dial it in as the years go by. So, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, it 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 goes back for me all these companies switching over to only trucks and SUVs. Uh, again, coming from somebody who makes tires for trucks and SUVs, I'm still very much personally a car guy. I I love off roading. I love trucks. I love jeeps. I just grew up around more cars. So that's what I like tend to lean towards, but I still think it's just, I don't understand how these automakers think they're going to support the market with just these trucks because they're expensive. Trucks are expensive. It's just, they just are more, there's more to them than cars. So until Ford comes out with this supposedly $20,000 little tiny pickup truck, what's the offering for somebody who's just, What's the offering for somebody who's just gotten out of school and wants to buy their first new car and doesn't want to spend 30 grand on one? Like, what are they supposed to get? You know what I think it is kind of interesting too is the electric side of a lot of vehicles that are coming out more and more. Even when you and I walked at the auto show this last uh, February, you know, um, and for me, I was like electric, you know, years back, I'm like, get out of here. No one's ever, nope, it's coming around. Sure or not. So it's like, and the vehicles are performing better. Yeah, and, and that kind of leads in the next thing where, this company, the Nikola Badger, the hydrogen fuel cell electric truck, is is this thing ever gonna? Is this just the next cyber truck? Is this ever gonna make it into production, or is it just a big marketing thing? Is it gonna be still attainable by the average person? Is do people is is even the U.S. ready for a nitrogen power or a hydrogen powered truck? Right. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Uh. And then and then Jeep. Like you saw that commercial, Joe, you sent me of the oh, yeah, the electric right. Jeep. Uh, are these alternative fuels a viable thing for going off roading? Like, would would I personally wouldn't feel confident enough to take it an electric Jeep like out to Moab just or on the case, Rubicon? Yeah. It's like <laughs> just in what, case. What happens when I when my battery dies? Everyone's <laughs> laughing. I was like, yeah, I can see that across happen. across a river where you're gonna flood it out. I don't think I want to. <laughs> electric vehicle yeah you don't want 200 you want 240 volts going straight through that water <laughs> not to mention the weight i'm sure i don't i you know i haven't looked at electric vehicles enough the to know the, I'm guessing, you know all those batteries they've got to be pretty dangerous. you know what no well they put them get... they put them on the underside so you'd in theory have a nice low center of gravity well, if you were wheeling but the problem is you better be skid plating the crap out of that thing because as soon as you go over a pointy rock and pierce one of those batteries, that's going to be a bad time for everybody. Yeah. I think uh, so you, so you get the roof rack, man. You put all your batteries on top. Oh, yeah. That nice high center of gravity will be real good when you're going through the rocks like this. I, yeah. I don't think in terms of serious off-roading, serious what people who actually 
maybe an electric Jeep will come out and it'll be great for the soccer moms and the people taking it to the grocery store and people will buy it because the majority of Jeep Wrangler owners never see dirt with their Jeep. It'll be great for your mall crawlers. Yeah, maybe it'll do good, but I don't see them getting rid of gas Jeeps because, like I said, when you run out of battery power on the trail, what are you supposed to do? Get out the Honda generator and charge that thing up and hang out? Like, you're still using gas. No, you're going to activate Flintstone mode. <laughs> oh, can, can you tell me? I can't remember who it was. Someone at, at, at Nationals, at Ultra Four Nationals this year, I want to say it was Joe Thompson, but he had an electric golf cart and he had a, a Honda generator on the back. <laughs> <laughs> But they plugged in so it could keep charging while running. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I've I, you keep hearing whatever, however many years ago. Oh, by twenty twenty, we're gonna be all electric. By twenty twenty four, we're gonna be all electric. By twenty thirty, we're gonna be all electric. I don't viably see it happening for a long while. I don't. Again, it, it goes back to like what I said about like Americans not being like the type culturally to wear masks. I don't think Americans culturally are ready for electric vehicles. I think maybe in other parts of the world it'll work where how people move around and how communities are formed differently, just how the nature of the landscape is. But I don't think in the U S where people travel over, I mean, the U S is a big country in comparison to a lot of other countries in terms of where people are going. I don't think electric vehicles are, are ready for prime time here. I just don't, maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but I just don't think they are. So let's see, all right, we got we got about ten minutes left here. I'm looking at my dry erase board to see what. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we don't have to stop at eight. I, we got more no, I'm stuff. Just, I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, you what do you got? You you going out somewhere? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I got a hot date. <laughs> yeah, you got a hot date with what? A, a, a bowl, a bowl of Cheetos. <laughs> uh, I think I saw that somewhere. Someone was talking about the the. Uh, like the jokes on the internet where you open the fridge and you see a sign. It's like, stop. You're not hungry. You're, you're not just... hungry. You're bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So I take, I take it easy. <laughs> or the other thing from a kind of, a, I guess a manufacturing perspective, because I, I mean, we're, we are, we are a manufacturer. We're not making masks or ventilators. Cause obviously if you made a ventilator or a mask out of rubber, it wouldn't be very effective. Um, Actually, it'd be really effective. You wouldn't be able to breathe because it would be blocking so much from your face if you had a rubber mask. Um, so my question here is, I guess not a really a question, but these companies, Ford, Fiat, Chrysler, GM, they're all making ventilators now and face masks and this and that. And people are 3D printing them. I was talking about before this, I, I got a 3D printer to play with because, you know, we're all stuck inside and I need something to entertain myself with. Do you think these using these auto manufacturers, do you think this is the most effective like way to be producing this? I mean, they're set up for mass like assembly line, but do you think using the auto industry is the correct way to make these ventilators and especially ventilators? Cause you need things like clean room and very tight tolerances to be able to make these is the automotive industry set up for doing something like that. Is it the most effective or is it, just we have nothing else better, so we have to do this. Hmm. Well, like I've seen a lot of makers, you know, like uh, people with 3D printers and, and all those other uh, machines that they've been stepping up and uh, people are sharing files in between each other and making the different pieces for the for the equipment. Um, so I have seen a lot of that uh, going on, not just automotive people, but I think just people 
in general, but it is interesting in automotive. I think in one of those Facebook groups uh, for SEMA, I forget what company was it also same thing. They switched over to start. Uh, it was a, um, uh, seats. They make seats or something like that. That's and I think they No, no, no. Oh. It was some of the, they make seats, but they were pushing over to, to help out with making equipment for that stuff. <laughs> I don't want an FC ventilator, <laughs> George. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know if this is their most effective. I mean, I, I think it's great. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it, but pushing these automakers to do this stuff. And they're just, I, I don't think they're set up for it. And I don't think you're going to get uh PRP. John said PRP is the, there you go. That's which good. PRP is owned by who that's a spinoff of um, best stop, right? Owns PRP. I believe. Terrence. Pretty sure Best Stop owns PRP. Um, so let's go. Another thing that I just saw this week was speaking of things that people aren't ready for. The Tesla Cybertruck has now reached a stupid level of pre-orders. Um, as of March 30th, Tesla guess we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna guess how many. How how many do you guys think pre-orders they had for that thing? Is that for the Tesla? For the for the Cybertruck, yeah. How many pre-orders as of March thirtieth? Is it like double digits, thousands, like fifties, thousands? The ugliest truck ever made. Yeah, six hundred twenty-two thousand pre-orders for that thing. Oh, tires. <laughs> and from what I've heard, from people who who are familiar with tesla manufacturing they have no idea how they're going to mass produce this thing and as far as I, they have one the one that they revealed and the one that elon's driving around they have one Funny, man. so it's it who who is still putting money down on these oh, they're building some big factories all over the place they just put that big Call it a gigafactory or something just outside of Reno, not too long ago. I'm sure, they'll have the means to do it. I th- yeah, I think they'll have the means. I don't. Th- I personally don't think Tesla is going to be around for the long haul. I just, I, I think there was just so so many factors at play there. Not only the production, but you're building a vehicle that isn't like super like in trend yet. Yes, the broken windows, George. The broken windows. I just, I just don't understand. Like, I get actually. I mean, I get why people are pre-ordering because you could only put a thousand dollars down to pre-order it, and then you could show all your friends your screenshot on social media that says, "Hey, look, I pre-ordered a Cybertruck. Let me just flex on you." Like, so that's why people are doing it. And the refund, the the deposit, I believe, is fully refundable. So people are doing because they have nothing to lose. Like, but a thousand dollars down with six hundred twenty-two thousand pre-orders—that's a stupid amount of capital he's raised. Like that's a stupid amount of money. I think it's Art. like uh like in the when it goes to products, you know, like the early early adopters, right? You know, there's definitely people that gotta have the newest. Yeah, I I just again and let's go back to this topic. Is anyone gonna off road that thing, or is that gonna be dedicated mall crawler? 
The ones that do, though, will probably look really cool, man. Kind of, you know, uh, I'm sure you'll see them like in dub magazines and stuff. Like, like Mad that, Max, probably. like Mad Max yeah, Cybertruck. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's cool, man. What's what's the price tag on one? Uh, oh, Jesus. Sorry, j dropping stuff over here. I don't know. Uh, let me see. I think it, it varied. It was not expensive. It was like, so the base one. Which is the single motor rear wheel drive only is forty thousand. All wheel drive with the dual motor is fifty thousand. The tri motor all wheel drive is seventy thousand. Not as bad as I thought they'd be. Cheaper than the cars are. Yeah, it's cheap. Mm -hmm. Which again goes back to the fact: is, is he going to be able to build that thing for that? Like, what are your margins on this thing? Because well, they can build a truck for that cheap, but it makes me wonder. Uh what the markup on their cars are because cars aren't that cheap. Yeah. And, and, and my question too, with this is the whole big, one of the big things that people aren't talking about. Well, they, they kind of were, but people aren't is the, so the cyber truck, cause it has that weird, whatever fully, I guess, aluminum body. The body is the frame. There's no other frame there. Like the actual body is the frame of the truck. There's no other supporting things cause they made it so thick and strong. So, what happens when you get into an accident? Is it just totaled? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's considered frame damage. A unibody car, basically. Yeah. It just shatters. <laughs> well, the windows will. The windows will if you breathe on them. It shatters, dude. <laughs> you know what, though? Okay, now that's kind of funny, actually. Had the window not broke, well, I mean, people still would have talked about it. Never mind. I mean, but no, it's, it's a good point like, in terms of marketing. marketing I mean, wise, yeah. I, I've always wondered that with half the stuff Elon Musk does that seems to be like off the cuff or like not planned or, or some sort of mistake. Is it really or is he doing it just for the publicity and the marketing? That's that's my big question. Does it is Elon Musk just like fumbling around or is he really playing 4D chess and we don't know what's going to happen? Uh, Shane, Highlights, Shane yeah. Chapman, two sixty five, sixty five, seventeen. We do have that size in the AT, correct, Joe? Uh, yeah, but uh, MT is also, I believe, actually, because that's the size that they race on on the M No, those are sixteens. That's I've got on my wife's Urban right now. Yeah, we do have those. Um, we don't sell direct, so I could, we're not. I can't give you a price yeah. here. Um, but if you go on our website, you can find a dealer or an online dealer, not Amazon, not Walmart. They're not authorized dealers. Go to simple tire, yeah. go to discount tire direct, go to tires. Easy. Do not. This is going to be my public service announcement for all you people buying your tires on Amazon and Walmart. Yeah. Stop doing it. That's not where you buy your tires. And, and there's still a fair amount of shops open thing for man. Like as far as when I've driven, I do see some of them open, uh, not super busy, but at least good thing. Well, cause still. they're, cause they're, cause they're deemed essential. And, I think if if you can stay open and continue your your business to a degree, people are gonna do it. Because if not, if if you gotta shut down completely, you're you're flailing at this point. Are you still are you still upfitting trucks, Edwin? Are you still got trucks coming in the door? Um, I'm actually I'm getting backed up right now with work and um for reasons i can't speak of right now oh. <laughs> um, my work has not stopped it's it's actually busier than ever it's the the whole fleet of 2020 trucks is in and i'm falling behind right now wow well i mean that's that's good but i i just think it's 
Oh, oh, we totally. Did we lose everybody? No, I'm still here. Oh, we just lost Joe. I'm sure he'll hop back in. Uh, you know what? We may have got disconnected here. What? I hear you. Do you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just. I just don't have your video. You know what? I wonder if the whole Facebook feed fell off too. No, Facebook is still going as far as I can tell. There's your video. We just lost Joe. I'm sure he'll join back in in a second. I just don't. I don't know. I think the automotive industry will be more durable than some given this. Uh, um, given this current climate, because they, they are deep. I mean, cars still need to go down the road, whether you're, you know, upfitting trucks or upfitting whatever, whether, whether you're doing something that's deemed essential or not, people are still going to be driving, whether it's to the grocery store or whatever. Maybe they're not putting as many miles on their car, but I think we still need those automotive shops. I think are going to stay pretty durable. Um, let me see if Joe's joining back, but <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, more durable than some, but I still think, especially the aftermarket's going to see a hit. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how many people are going to go out and. Oh, there's Joe. I don't know how many people are going to go out and sure. buy forty-inch mud tires for their Jeep after this. <laughs> We're I don't know. I don't know if even the aftermarket's really taking that much of a hit because I mean, it's, you know, the few people I do know that are in the aftermarket business that I've talked to recently. You know, it's like everyone's, you know, people have time now to actually work on their rigs. So it's, you know, money saved up or, you know, whether they got their tax returns back or whatever, but, you know, they're, they're having some, some pretty good sales right now. Well, I think it just varies. I mean, whatever it was, uh, AccuAir filed for bankruptcy. I don't know if they'll be back or not, but. I they... heard that. Yeah. They're actually uh, not too far from my house. Yeah. So I heard they were having some sort of, they were having other issues before this. And they had done some restructuring and things along those lines. So it, I don't think it came as a huge surprise to a lot of people. But, I mean, that's definitely crazy to see as, as somebody in the aftermarket industry. It's it's never a yeah. good thing when you see companies folding for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, I think company, I, I think manufacturers may see, may have harder times than, than actual, you know, retailers on the resale side of things, but I don't know. Hopefully I'm just hoping they, this whole thing is over with sooner than later. Cause it's, there's nothing good coming out of this. Yeah. It is a bit, just a bit, a real big delay on things, you know, like even for us, like uh, not to, to go back to SEMA or whatever, you know, usually as the years go on when you plan vehicles and this and that, you know, you wait a little bit later on, uh, just to see kind of where the stuff is more realistic of a build versus just a rendering, right? And so this year we're like, you know what, let's get ahead of everything. Let's start off January, even like by December and let's, let's find vehicles and who do we- The, one, the one year you were on top of SEMA stuff, <laughs> Joe. Way ahead of you. And then it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> time out on the field, you know? Uh, it's, uh, so I mean, and it's like, I knew I should just stick to the regular plan, but it could go both ways, right? I, I do think on that term, as far as the kinds of vehicles that will be at SEMA, are people going to have a hard time getting parts for them and getting them put together and meeting their build line, you know, the, the build dates and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, you still have a lot of time. Well, again, it goes back how many of these manufacturers 
are going to ship out parts at a full sponsorship or even a partial sponsorship with the state of if SEMA is going to happen. I'm not going to send you say whatever. I'm not going to send you thousands of dollars worth of parts. And then all of a sudden SEMA gets canceled. You're not going to take those truck parts off your truck and give them back to me. Whoops. Like it's it's just, I'm high and dry now. I'm, I'm not only am I losing SEMA on this opportunity to interact with businesses and resellers and all this stuff in this huge B2B event, Everyone just thinks SEMA's just some some glamorous show, and if it gets canceled, it's just because oh, there won't be nice nice show vehicles. But it is a, a very important time for businesses to do business with with resellers and retailers and distributors. It's important for, from a business standpoint. If it doesn't happen, it's going to hurt a lot of companies from a business perspective. Not having that sort of interaction. We also like, for example, the, I forgot about the event in July that we were going to do uh, Latin Tire Expo. Yep, uh, in Brazil. So we went last year, did that. Uh, that was, that went, you know, it was pretty cool. We were supposed to do it again in July. Uh, it got moved until, I believe it's right after SEMA, actually, like a week or two after SEMA or something like that. Um, so that's like, wait a minute. It, it's good because of the timing worked out. But now that you're so close to SEMA, it, you know, how, how well does that really work, you know? Yeah, and that goes back to, are, is the U.S. going to allow international travel into or out of the country? Like is it would we be allowed to go to Latin Tire Expo and, and exhibit or come back? <laughs> yeah, or or would they allow? Are they going to allow companies from overseas to come in and exhibit at SEMA? I think by November, I'm, I think I honestly uh, think November it'll be cleared up. Art Art says Art says he thinks SEMA will proceed. Yeah, Art, see, Art cool. I re- I really hope to think SEMA is big enough to have the durability to push through it, yeah. but. I think the size of it is also its greatest weakness in the fact that that's a huge gathering of people and everybody talking about, we don't want large gatherings. That is the large gathering in Vegas. Yeah. One of the biggest, like when we did that show in February, uh, an ADA show, it was interesting to be there for that comparing it to SEMA and just seeing the like huge differences in how big SEMA like really is of a show that so many things get shut down, you know? Well, we're at the NHA show, the, the Ubers and them, like they would drop you right off in front of the convention center. It seemed like, oh, no way. It's not happening. Well, that all that construction in Vegas, that whole new wing of the convention center, they're basically building that just for SEMA. Like that is the reason they're they're expanding the convention center is because yeah. SEMA basically told them they need more space. And if they give them more space, they'll fill it. I think it'll be... It'll, it'll be good. Thankfully, like the trailer, man, we were able to do that event in Texas, you know, so we, at least it had that of a, of a dry run for it. Yeah. So. No, I, I, and again, I more than anybody else just wants to get back out on the road doing events. Like I've been watching more wheeling videos at home, like while, like on the second monitor while I work having like different wheel and man, I just want to hit the trails again. I really do. Like, like between us doing all this work on the Ranger and all the work we did on the Jeep, yeah. I really hope that our annual trip to Colorado doesn't get canceled because I, I just, I, I just need to get out there and do that now more than ever with all this that happened. It's just, I'm stir crazy. The art saying the hotels in Vegas are booked into all booked all of me. Well, I mean, yeah, everyone's going to assume that it's going to happen. Keep going. Everyone's going to assume that things are going to happen, like go on, but I, I, I'm still not past the point and that the, the government might tell, Seema, you're not doing this. Uh, What's funny too is April for us was was supposed to be like our you know busiest month, and we were going to be like, I mean, we'd be on the road for a month. Please, yeah, yeah. we were going to be on the road for Pretty a month much. between 
between uh, Easter yeah. Jeep Safari and Jeep Beach and all the like. It would have been, yeah, like we would have been in Texas and then the Easter Jeep Safari and then it would have been Daytona Beach, Jeep Beach. <laughs> um, and yeah. no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a big change of, uh, but but it's good, man. I mean, it's like this one, you do go back out again. Everyone's just a lot more appreciative too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think generally the, the good thing about most of our events is the majority of them are outdoors. And I've said this before, I think outdoor events will have a little more durability than indoor events, just having um just having you know the, the clean air and you're not all packed into a condensed space so i think that'll help a lot of stuff we do but yeah i would say about the the booth purchases and stuff yeah but again I, I, I don't i don't think exhibitors are going to pull out of sema i don't think that'll happen but i again sema could come There's in kind of and sema could come in in september october whatever early october and say nope we're not we're not allowed to do this and I mean, it, regardless of how many people have committed and got hotels and this and that, if the government comes in and tells them they can't do it, they can't do it. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think thankfully, like even for us, for example, how we're rotating out at work, you know, and not everyone's in there at one time and very few people that that little short drive, you know, where before you're like, oh, they're driving to work. Like now I'm like, man, it's feels kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we're not meant to anything be to get out of the house. Like I went and took, <laughs> I went and took pictures of the ranger today with the lift and it was freezing. And I was like, man, it's, it's actually nice to be outside, even though it's really cold. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was pumped about trying to get those new hood latches on the Jeep. Uh, so Edwin, we picked up some uh, JL hood latches that fit the JK, Rang JK Wrangler supposedly. But now that we have these new uh, fenders from Fab Fours, nope. <laughs> like, oh, they, come, really? they come around like right around the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the latch. So you can't fit anything other than a stock size hood latch. Because the way it sits, yeah. Because oh. like it has to, and it's just good thing I checked it before I started taking stuff off, man. Well, I, so. I hate those rubber hood latches on the JK. Like they're just they're so flimsy they and weak, and when they sit in the sun, then they get loose and dry rotted. And yeah. I don't understand why they couldn't go with something a little, a little more durable. <laughs> but again, the the jails just I, I'm going back to the whole Jeep Bronco thing, I'm honestly baffled with how nice the JLs actually are, even compared to, a, to the JKs, like the interiors on those things, the infotainment, the interiors, the creature comforts that they added. The steering is a lot nicer on the JLs. Like the whole, the, it's, the it's just, man. it's incredible how much more refined of a vehicle it is. And then the key too, it's a uh, five, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Keyless. Sorry, yeah. Keyless. Yeah. They're just they're just much more refined vehicles than the JK. I just uh, I don't know. They got smarter because yeah, even like the uh, the buttons for your lockers and all stuff is in the middle versus being over here to your left side or whatever. Yeah, so you can use your shifting hand to nicer to turn it on and off. Don't 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 talk to us about lockers, Joe. <laughs> yeah, Edwin, we 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 blew up the stock locker on our on our Rubicon. <laughs> Oh really? The photo shoot thing. Yeah, I was. Oh. It, it wasn't even wheeling. It wasn't. This is a, this is a great story. It wasn't wasn't even wheeling. We were, we were taking pictures in the warehouse. I had to turn the locker on because I was gonna get up on some tires and flex it out. Turn on the locker. Never turns off. Pull the cover off, and just the whole engagement plate on the E and E locker is just torn to shreds. No way. Oh, Cody came on, man. Nice. Cody from uh, the Trek Commander. Oh, hey, uh, what's up, Cody? 
Yeah, man, it's awesome. Good, good thing he's on, actually. Yeah, that was a good experience last year. Thankful. Right now, I'm definitely glad we did that. Yeah, you know, we got two. Cody, Cody, I wouldn't. I would give anything to be stuck on the trail for like 12 hours with you again. <laughs> and versus what's going on. That was the truck commander with the super lift uh, uh, guys that we went out uh, last year, and then the uh, mili military mobility as well. Um, that group. Oh, that's when we, we got in past 10 o'clock, wasn't it? I think that night. Yeah, we get back and there's nothing open in Moab because Moab, even during Easter Jeep Safari Week, everything closes at nine. All the food, all the restaurants, all the bars close at nine. So there is nothing to eat. So we get into town and oh, look at that. Even Burger King's closed. Oh, look at that. Even Wendy's is closed. Oh, we get to McDonald's and they're just about to close. And we could, the lady wouldn't understand our order. So we were finally just like, you know what? Just give us something. I don't even care if it's wrong. I don't even, I don't even care what it is. I, I've been on the trail for however long eating like cheese sticks and crackers. I want real food. Just give sandwiches, me something, yeah. please. Thankfully, Cody took those sandwiches and stuff for us, man. So we yeah. had something to eat on the trip. Sandwiches and an apple. <laughs> but actually, actually, no, I, we were supposed to say, Joe, the proper response is, Cody's dead to us because he doesn't run Trailblade bosses anymore. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally joking. Actually, you know what? He did the last year when he went to Moab, he uh, trailered out there, those two Jeeps on the trailer tires at what yeah. materials, obviously, and stuff like that. No, I love I love Cody's story yeah. from last year when he went off-roading with uh all those other from guys yeah. and, and and nobody could get over off like or like when we went to that uh when we went to that one cliff like, and we got yeah. up. And we were all up in Cody's Jeep and everyone else was like, actually, no, you have to back down because we, we can't go there. Nobody else can make it up. And we're like, are you guys serious? We got to go back down. Let's that's do a, a three-point turn on this cliff. <laughs> I remember Kyle and I were like, um, we're going to step outside and watch from the outside. <laughs> yeah, over this, like, overhang, just put the Jeep on there. Uh, There's no railing, no barrier. <laughs> oh, the Aturos are going back on. Yeah, Look at baby. that. Nice, dude. No, that, that was definitely, because uh, uh, our group was maybe, I don't know, like 13, 14, 15 vehicles or something. Well, like well, it was more, and then we all got split up somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah, little by little. But see, back to even that, how, like, when you go along the trails, and, uh, but, well, but I forgot, real quick, I forget. Um, it's funny, Edwin, because uh, uh, Cody was kind of like you, man. He was the only guy out there on the bosses. So, so it's like, what are you running? What is this, you know? <laughs> I think that's the best <laughs> part, when people are like, what do you have? Or, or, or people are like, oh, somebody asked me, Edwin, he goes, someone goes, uh, when are you, you going to allow the boss in a sticky to your consumers and not just your racers? And I go, uh, dude, it's the same tire. It's not a sticky. <laughs> he, literally, he thought you were running like the equivalent of red labels. I'm like, no, that's literally the same tire you could buy off the shelf at wherever you go at discount tire. That's funny. Yeah, I'm like, that's, those those aren't stickies, but I mean, hey, because people ask that all the time. They're like, oh, can, can you make a stick? Can you make a sticky Trailblade boss? I'm like, you know what? I honestly don't see a need to. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't you don't need a sticky with just with as much traction as those get. <laughs> yeah, let's let's make a sticky nice for for no reason. Oh, you know what? Too speaking of like just gonna talk about racing and or uh, stuff vehicles, and I think is uh, this Sunday King of the Hammers or uh, when they're when they're they're playing the race. Oh, on uh, ESPN two. ESPN, there you go. ESPN two. I think it's this Sunday, yep. right? I think it is. I just got an email on that today. I haven't looked to see what. Yeah, no, I, I think yeah. it's it's like a few weeks. It was like the twenty sixth or something, Joe. I think. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, no, it starts. 
no, 26 was the actual 4,400 race. Yes, no, no, the actual 4,400 race was like 26. Yeah, but no, covering the whole KOH week, I think, starts this Sunday. Yeah, because I think like t- t- uh, tomorrow starts, like, I think the Everyman Challenge, and then like, every next day is a, a different series or race. I mean, that's good. ESPN, too. I mean, that's not obviously ESPN, but I mean, that's still a good spot in terms of publicity. That's, yeah, well, that's yeah. I think ABC Sports has it, too. When that's one good thing about Edwin too, like you know, like as far as getting a lot of airtime and video time, and that you know, uh, that's where it comes in handy. Like even that one video you had, where I forget who was the guy you were racing on with, and then you come to the side of him, and you like you, know, you blow past him through the rocks and stuff like that. Um, the overall production quality of the stream this year, even just the broadcast from like the stuff I watched during qualifying and going back and watching clips of the race, looked way better than years past. They really stepped it up. To, to do a very professional level broadcast more so not that the past years were bad, but there was definitely times where you could tell they were just struggling with the, the ground they had to cover. Cause I mean, you're literally in the middle of the desert and you're trying to live stream something on the internet. I mean, I can barely, you know, do a fantastic live stream from my basement with a wired Comcast connection and, the suburbs of Chicago and these guys are doing a pretty a quality professional level live stream in the middle of the desert. And I think it came out great given those conditions. They had like multiple helicopters, drones, all these cameras. I think it's, it's impressive that they can do all that and it's great that they can make it happen. Yeah. Like having, having that media pass this year, um, that was really cool, man. Cause you know, obviously you can go around the track well as much as we could in our uh, in our rental and stuff <laughs> definitely try to get a utv or something next year man yeah. or something with four by four <laughs> no the ranger dude i think he'll be ready Ooh. there that you go that thing is gonna be ready Ooh. let me tell you joe those fox shocks those things ride like butter on there yeah <laughs> oh yeah you did pick it up with that small lift on there already right yeah three inch in the front uh <laughs> inch and a half in the rear and I mean, it'll be the equivalent of slightly more than that because once you put the higher fenders on there, you'll get more tire clearance. So I don't, because I don't want it lifted stupid, stupid high. I want it lifted to be functional yeah. with off. Like I, I don't want to have to have a rope ladder come out of it to get in the dang thing, you know. But I want it to be like functional where I can get really good up travel yeah. and go through like the desert at fairly high speeds. And not have it be stupid high and tippy when I try to drive it around, which I just think everyone's like, oh, what is what is the biggest tire and lift I can fit on my truck? Because if it's the biggest, that means it has to be the best. What what tire are you going to run on it? Uh, we'll see. I, um, it depends on what we can fit. Um, I'd like to do 37s, which would be stupid big. But ring wise, uh, I think we we're saying 18s, right? 17s or 18s. It just kind of depends how the specs yeah. work out. Either one will clear 17s or 18s. Um, but 30, uh, not 40s will not fit. As much as I'd love to do 40s on a Ranger, that would just look ridiculous. Um, either 35 MTSs, whenever those finally show up in the warehouse, which should be this summer, for everybody who's asking about 35, whatever, 17, 18 MTSs, they're coming. Just wait. They're coming. We don't just have the one size. They're going to come. We, we, they're, they're, I promise you all, but I don't know. 35, 37s. It kind of just depends what's going to fill up the wheel. Well, and still give me decent travel. Cause I don't want to fill up the entire wheel. Well, and then like, look, we fit 37s, but if I go over a speed bump, I'm going to destroy my fiberglass fender 
<laughs> yeah, it's like ad fitting in the trailer and just that, that'll be the next project that we're going to start doing some test fitting on it. But it'll it'll be a fun it'll be a fun little build I think it's got the it's only metal you can make fifty fours <laughs> fit if you really want well yeah I mean just leave the fenders and bedsides off cut it just cut it Push but I'm curious that. I'm that the nostalgia can't fix it's true <laughs> um make the it. thing I'm hoping is we're gonna have to play with wheel offsets a lot to get it to fit with those flares yeah. And I'm hoping we don't have to go wider control arms, because if we do, then I really don't think it's going to fit in the trailer, which would be really unfortunate. <laughs> but we'll see. King of the Hammers, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm so that way. That's like, I always liked that event a lot. I'm like, oh, <laughs> didn't realize it'd be the one that'd be soaking off, you know, for the rest of the Yeah, year Joe was like, nah, I <laughs> see. I think we might be able to skip King of the, like, let's just not, let's go to the auto show instead. I think that's, auto, that's the Chicago auto I show think the Chicago auto show is going to be way more important for us. I mean, it's, yeah, I think uh, I'm like, Joe, <laughs> what, what on earth are you thinking? We have to go to, nah, I mean, I guys need to trailer out next year yeah man okay. camp out we got to get the good spot so you can pit right in front of the trailer edwin that's what that, that's now we're talking yeah so we can uh, see, the see, right see I'm, I'm thinking we just bring a bunch of tires in the trailer and then just drive the ranger behind the trailer joe will drive the trailer in the truck because he's great at driving the trailer <laughs> drove it back from sema <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> actually yeah. i was, was sergio drove it back with sergio yeah, sir. How, okay, how much driving did you really do, though? Actually, a lot more than you would think, man. For real, with you, because it's like, you know you, you're you're a lot better driver. But Joe, you <laughs> never forget driving through the Pennsylvania mountains with that rental car trailer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Me taking that turn through the mountains like I'm driving in the Daytona 500, just around those hairpins. Yeah, Joe's I'm over so there. Joe's over there on his laptop, like you know. Clenching his butt cheeks because I, I I look over to the you know the info infotainment center thing and, and you see the map and I'm like oh my god it's still it's still turning we're still curving I'm like this is a freaking U turn on the mountain <laughs> <laughs> oh man no I think that's that's the, definitely the, the trailers uh, uh well it's a good addition you know <laughs> we got time to get it ready <laughs> yeah Edwin's over there he's got like the double trailer set up with the race car behind the camper. <laughs> I didn't realize that I saw you post that picture from whatever it was a, two, a couple years ago at the gas station. And I was, I didn't realize that's how you towed it. No, that wasn't even me. That was, that was a buddy. That was a race. We had a race in, in Sierra Blanca, Texas a few years back, but yeah, that was how, that was how everything got down there. Double tow. Not wow. exactly California, but yeah. Did you, ever, did you ever get any trouble for that? No, no. <laughs> I always think it, I always think it's wild when you see the double the double trailers like that when people towing something behind the camper. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's total length, I guess. So I guess it doesn't like in a lot of states, it's total length. If they don't have an explicit law prohibiting um, secondary trailers, you just have to be under a certain length. It's funny that trip. I actually took a picture. We stopped in New Mexico, someplace, and uh, it was at a at a truck stop. And my buddy pulled up next to a semi and he was, he was actually, we actually, I forget, we, he like just walked it to see how much longer he was, but it was like right around three feet longer than a semi truck. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is, I'm surprised the bumper on the trailer could take that much weight of the race car behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I don't know what he had done to that thing, but works. It's, uh, I forget he was in the military and he used to drive big rigs in the military. So he's nothing for him. man. Yeah. It's nothing for him. Joe's Joe's got some story about driving some big stick shift rigs in the military. Stalling <laughs> them out. Deuce and a half. Those big old deuce and a half, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of why. Like, I'm like, all right, uh, clutch yeah, stick shift. Right? You can do it. <laughs> yeah, Joe, get- you're really good at driving a deuce, a deuce and a half, right? <laughs> Especially when you have to stop, Joe. Dude, there's also a comment about that because that's another stick shifts or whatever. And um, uh, for me, it was funny because I'd never really driven that too much growing up. And so you get in there, and I'm like, oh, I got to drive this. Like, yep, you got to drive it. I'm like, okay, we're going to learn today. <laughs> learn today. You mean you didn't get driver's ed when you when you joined the military, Joe? They didn't put you through a CDL course? And that's what I was telling Colin. Like, it would be so embarrassing when you had to stop and get fuel. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, don't, don't die on me. Don't die on me. <laughs> everybody's here. Everybody's watching. That's the worst. Everybody, everybody watching you, and everybody's then you, you stall it out. Oh, now, now all my friends are in here trolling. That's all right, man. Since my 38 footer <laughs> closed. Is, oh. <laughs> oh, he's got get, that's what he's talking about, the trailer. Man, that's huge then. So that's the only thing with our trailer where it's, you know, uh, right at about 30 feet that once you put the Jeep or one well, successful with the Ranger next, I mean, obviously it does take up a lot of, a lot of space. The Ranger's going to take up more length. It should fit width-wise, but it's, it's going to be basically like, you're not going to have that little room in front like the Jeep. It's going to be like up to that oh, cabinet. Dang. Ooh, yeah, I say pretty tight. Well, thankfully we have all that space up top uh, for tires. And, and I think we got to work on sliding more stuff just under it because, you know, See? you have Any to internships that. soon. Hopefully, man. You right. know, if, we, if, if, if we if we have stuff for interns to do. Well, there's always with Mickey Thompson and other players making tires bigger than Ooh. 40s. Do you plan on making something? In the expanding the boss to something larger, so um, I actually like the question because AJ actually has the bosses, doesn't he? Yes, yes, yeah, cool. So, this is the one I gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um, I mean, I, I think Joe can speak this a little better than I If there's a demand for it, we'll, we'll make it obviously. We're, we're not gonna, I feel like a lot of companies tend to just make stuff because they can and they just want to. We, we have the biggest tire you can fit on a 17, the oh. biggest DOT tire you can get. It we sell it. But we only sell four sets a year, but we make it. We sell it. We do the biggest, the biggest tire you can get. But everybody's asking about it. But everybody's asking about it. You know, so I, I kind of feel like get that everybody's asking about it thing. Uh, Moab last year, you know, the year the, at the beginning of the week, you know, 35, 37 was the conversations were. And as the week progressed towards the end of the week, do you have 42s? Do you have 42s? It's like, what? <laughs> I think, well, uh, it goes both ways because a lot of people. Well, yeah, George, there is a forty-two size already. He's referring seventeen to 40, size. He's referring size, for forty-twos for Jeepers. When Jeepers aren't going to run twenty-fours. But yeah, we do have the boss uh, in a forty-two. Yeah, not on the trails, not on the trails. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think enough. I think there would be some sort of demand for it, but the question is, is it enough to make it viable? I, I don't think yet. Because a lot of people I talk to are stepping down in tire size because they're like, yeah, I went 42s and everything was too easy. I could go on black trails and not even try. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like people are, people are going on, like people are getting these big tires and then they're realizing it's taking the fun out of wheeling because their rig is almost too capable. So there's other people who are in the camp of, 
I'm stepping down to 35s or 37s or whatever, because I, I want the challenge. I want it to be more based off driver than based off of based I'll off of even whatever. Yeah, yeah no John's many, saying what you're saying right now. Well, because I, I, I think there is a point where wheeling's fun because it's people want to go wheeling because it's a challenge and it's it's because you're seeing rigs do things that they necessarily shouldn't like oh a jeep shouldn't be able to climb that and then you climb it and do it and it's cool but if you show up on 42s or 44s or whatever it's like oh well obviously you're gonna climb that and then you do it whoop whoop de doo like i see what you're saying what do you see out there with people wheeling are people going bigger tires edwin are people wanting to go up to like 42s and stuff or is it kind oh, it's, of more? It's funny because, so, shoot, how long? 20 years ago, if you had 35s, that, that was big. 35s oh, yeah. were. And oh, then nice. it's funny because I got 35s, and it's like two years after I got 35s on my Toyota, it was like 37s. Like, Goodyear had their MTR, and they came out with a 37. <laughs> and that was, that was like the big thing. Everyone was up in the 37s, and that was like, if you had 37s on the trail, like, that, that was a monster size tire. And then 37s, you know, 37s were around a while, you know, five, six years. And then all of a sudden everyone bumped up to 40s. And then it's like, now you go out on the trail. I mean, yeah, you see, you know, on, on green staker rigs mainly, but you know, you're seeing a lot more 42s, 44s, 46s. But yeah, you start seeing some big tires when you get to like the green staker trail only rigs. Mm-hmm. I mean, why stay small at that point? Just go as big as you can. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on, on the trails you're hitting regularly. But if if you're hitting stuff that's actually still a challenge on 42s, I, I don't see a reason why you why you shouldn't. But I think the problem is like these people who are going big tires and then the trails aren't they're not there's not hard trails around them. I wonder if maybe too is because you're airing down so much too sometimes. Yeah, like AJ said, Rubicon Trail used to be done. You yeah. used to be done on couldn't be. I'm assuming you meant couldn't be done on 33s or less. Now stock LJs can now stock LJ JLs can tackle 90% of Moab. Which, yeah, I, I think it's. I don't think it's. There's a lot more to an off-road rig than tire size. I think, and oh, driver has a lot to do with it. There's a there's a guy. So uh... this, this is the second year. I haven't, I'm not going to be able to make it to the Marlin round up just because of the ultra four race season. But if, if the season goes on, um, but there's a guy in a, in an 85 Toyota pickup extended cab long bed that has literally ran the trail every year with 30 ones, the Rubicon mm. trail front all the way through starts, starts at Georgetown, runs the trail all the way through Loon Lake, comes out Tahoe side on 31 inch tires. All he has is sliders and lockers. If I remember right, he doesn't even know. He might have dual dual transfer cases. I don't remember, but thirty-one inch tires, and he does it. Damn. And he, you know, it's you just pick your lines. It's it's doable. I mean, you see stock jeeps out there all the time. You see jeeps yeah. on, you know, out there all the time. Like I said, I see people wheel the crap out of stock Rubicons, or or even Rubicons with you know stock tire size, but maybe a more aggressive like you know mud terrain or something, but. I mean, people, it's about driver and it's definitely about other mods, lockers. You could have the best, biggest tires in the world. You don't have lockers. You're not going anywhere. It has to do with, you know, ground clearance sliders that you could build a really capable rig around 33s or 35s and do 90% of the obstacles out there. 
maybe you're not going to do the super crazy stuff. You're obviously not going to go out to like hammers and do the crazy trails out there that you can see. I mean, people doing chocolate thunder and like that, that sort of crazy stuff. You're not going to do that on a 35, but I think you're still capable for the majority of, I guess, casual to semi hardcore wheeling. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the, even more for myself personally, is like being able to go on some of the triple rides, like with Cody, um, you know, Edwin, and, and, and you kind of see how people do drive that, that helps you obviously confidence in yourself and learning how to drive better, you know, not just like, just drive over it. Well, you can't just drive over everything. I mean, you gotta, you well, when know. you have 42s, you can just pretty much drive over everything. <laughs> yeah. Just drive over everything. Well, I think, I think that's the biggest, the biggest issue. And that's kind of what I love about the off-roading community is it's not, people are helpful and people are helpful. Even if you don't have a super capable rig of teaching you how to do that. And it's like, I, I compare it a lot to like drifting completely different thing, but there's people who go do that and they build like a crazy drift car out of the gate. And like, okay, yeah, you can drift a drift car with a hydro and crazy angle and perfect tires and all this and that. But can you drift around in a very low powered, like rear wheel drive BMW and do it? Well, can you wheel a stock Rubicon and do it? Well, Anybody can wheel a, a Jeep on 42s and lockers and sliders and long travel and all this stuff. You could throw anybody in there and they could do decent in it because they're not going to hurt the dang thing. But on a stock Jeep, can you do that? And I think it's important for people not to, you know, build their rig to the moon out of the gate because you're not learning the important skills. Just, just, just got to go fast and break everything. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wheeling unless you're breaking things. <laughs> That's right. You're not wheel unless you're doing body damage. You're not doing it right. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the biggest issue is people think people get the impression that you have to have some crazy like people see our jeep and they're like, oh man, if I want to go wheeling, I have to, I have to have something like that. I have to, I have to have something. Like, I'm not gonna be able to do anything. No, you could go out on your get 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 yourself. Get yourself a Rubicon, uh, like put yeah, some good tires it. on it, go out, start on it, like beginner intermediate trails, work your way up, upgrade as you see needed. You don't have to go out and buy a Jeep and build the thing up to forties before you even look at a trail. And that, that's something that like more events that we were doing, uh, if they had, if they had clinics or something for people to attend, you know, we were trying to participate more with that and learning with people and same time you're be you know you being there to help them um just a little bit more you know it's it's nice to kind of see them going from zero to at least you know the growing steps and then cody had something nice on here says that the jk's running 37s and doing the same things on the 40s nice yeah remember he had the, the two-door yeah. jk on the 37s yeah. out there yeah it, it all comes down to the the not only this uh, people think tire size is the be all end all and, and Tire size is important from your, from your local, your local tire neighborhood, tire expert, tire size is important. I'm not all you guys on forties. I'm not dissing you, but I've seen people who could wheel way better on 35s and 33s than some people on forties. And that's just plain fact. Some of those people are just, they're just better wheelers. They're just, they, they have more experience. They have, they, they're, it, it's, 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 so much not about the rig you're driving it's about how you're using it you know what's kind of interesting for example is when we did pismo beach last year uh we had edwin's race truck out there and we also had a gladiator out there both vehicles trailblade boss 37 12 and a half 17s same exact tire on both of them 
And it was funny to see how different they looked. One, well, because of the the, the the different vehicle styles themselves. Well, but Edwin also the, beats the, the crap the out wheels. of his tires. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because <laughs> a little more aggressive with him. Edwin's tires but, after King yeah. of the Hammers looks like most people have never seen tires in their lives. Well, even that's what's interesting that you don't run it for just one race. That you yeah, and then for- Edwin's like, oh, yeah, we get at least two or three more race out of those. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> short course you got a tire that's that's wore out it's gonna work better yeah i had, I had never thought about that until you said that actually how you kind of wear them in a little bit i'm like oh yeah yeah you want it to be able to slide around corners you start gripping too much it just sends you over <laughs> yeah it makes sense but it's just it's just funny the contrasting and racing like like we were we were talking about when we were in johnson valley the contrast of like these short course racers yeah i need 25 tires for a weekend and then edwin's like yeah, I, I need like twenty for a season. Yeah, not even that. <laughs> yeah, not even that. Like <laughs> Yeah. I'm like okay, okay, what's going on here? Either either you guys just have way too high expectations and you don't like oh, we have to qualify on different tires than we race on because you know I wonder, that tire's worn down now. I wonder if there it's like that the tire has to be almost like new each time they're racing on it for it to actually like not you know the ruts and what else not. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a racer. You know, I'm not an engineer. Funny. I don't know these things. But well, what's funny with the short course racing when we were uh, more active with it, uh, it was a lot of the MT at first, and then you had some of the smaller buggies and stuff were using the ATs. You know, they're you know grouping them out differently, uh, and, and then the XT. Towards the end of it, you started seeing the XT getting used a, a little bit more. In some cases, I believe they were even using MTs in the front and XTs in the back. Actually, like really, it's, yeah. We got to make 40s in the XT so Edwin can test it. <laughs> there That's you go. The MTS, ATS, man. Those people, well, the other thing is the short course racers groove the crap out of their tires comparatively. Like you were talking about how long it took you to groove your, your tire, those bosses, Edwin. These guys groove like way more than you did into those things. I'm like, why, why, why are you cutting yeah. so much? Like, <laughs> you're just making a new tire. There was one yeah. racer in short course we used to work with, uh, and they actually they used to they used to them these DMTs was a pro two or pro light sorry pro light vehicle, and so on the MT it has you know the nice little hooks in the sidewall and all that. They would actually cut the sidewalls uh, pieces off so that the vehicle would fit within the requirements of how wide it could be, because of the sidewalls of the tires. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I think like it's. The, I, yeah, I like this. I'd like to see the MT in a few more sizes. I'd like to see, I'd like to see the MTS in a forty and put Edwin on that, Joe. Well, that's kind of I mean, right. It's like mm-hmm. little sizes, little by little. Well, the I think the sidewalls. This. Yeah, the sidewalls not as good on the MTS or the well, MT. There's some. Even. There's some. Yeah, I've just the the problem is like the boss is just you got that great sidewall on it, and it's just it's gonna be hard to to come close to that. Boss, does the boss and the MT have the same sidewall? I thought they did. Similar, the MT is 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 a little less aggressive. Gotcha. Yeah, because before that, I think the only the other guy that ran was uh, Aaron Brown from the garage shop. Uh, that he had a FJ crew or FJ yeah I'm sorry FJ seventy two I think it was FJ on the bosses thirty sevens and you know did Continental Divide and a couple other uh, trails and same thing like tires never uh, got a flat or a puncture on them. But when he would hit something, like other parts would give up, you know. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're always gonna find a weak point. You're just you're yeah. just moving it. You're never gonna have an indestructible rig. Like you know, you, you you get stronger tires, you're just gonna break anything. Like you know, Edwin saw you're gonna bend the wheel. 
Well, your tires are too strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Got to have a weak point someplace. Just got to pick where that's at. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I think. I want to see, obviously, I mean, the MTS is going to come out in more sizes than we have now. It's just inevitable, but people don't understand that there is a, like a timeline to this stuff. I think sometimes like, Oh, well you just, you just got to fire up the mold and just, just, you know, you already got the design. You just got to make it. Well, I mean, kind of like, (laughs) it's kind of how it works, but people are like, Oh, well you should make 26s. You should make this. You should make that. Oh yeah. Let me just get out my, my sketchbook and just, just, throw that in CAD for you and I'll just get the mold to go or like people who are like yeah well I know you don't make that size but can you make one for me didn't you say you bought a 3D printer just before this before we started <laughs> that's why I'm 3D printing the tires that's the new yeah I got the I'm loading in the rubber yeah people are like oh well yeah can you just make that size for like like for or there was one person for SEMA like can you just make a special size just for my tr-? I'm like yeah because I SEMA is when I'm going to showcase my product so when people ask Oh, can I get that tire? No, it's just a one-off for the show. Like, or even like the RC tires that we have. Uh, uh, I know Edwin's also got a, a truck with the with the boss on it and stuff like that too. You know, yeah. That that, that that's kind of fun, man. So you know, people see that like, oh, you can make this. I'm like, well, yeah, it's, it's a little sample. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I I'll make you some custom RC tires, maybe. But like, it's there's 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 more to this than just you know pouring some vulcanized rubber into a, into a mold and sending them out the door. <laughs> yeah. I know there's companies out there that do like laser engraving and etching on them and stuff like that. Uh, so I think that's what some people or like the tire sticker stuff that you see. You I know, still think we need to do green, green lettered, green lettered sidewalls, Joe. I'm telling yeah. you, they pop green <laughs> lettered sidewalls. Well, we used to, I used to have that, that tire I, marker. I remember uh, I saw those pictures the other day from Louisville to, <laughs> So was that two years ago now? No, three, almost three years ago now. Yeah, man. Louisville, you, you, you like, you so out there sweating. Each vehicle, man, just, huh? Yeah, don't we try doing that at KOH? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> so hot. No, no, remember, uh, remember when you did that on the Jeep Colorado two years ago? That's and amazing. then you, you, you stood up and you were like, oh, the altitude. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> the altitude. I was like, Oh my gosh! Whoa! It's like I gotta sit down, man. Because yeah, you're all hunched over, like yeah, you're getting like, a head rush. Even that's when uh, um, uh, uh, we, as we're doing one of the trails, you brush up on a rock, you know, whatever. You keep going. We get back from the trail, and one of the guys is like, "I see you left a mark out there." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, well, "Yeah, you know, you're, the tire hit up on the rock and it left some green paint." I'm like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't. Uh... Green Colorado, letter, hopefully I, I agree, it, so. John. Green letter sidewalls would be great. Actually, his yeah. So that John, he's a C four by C four X four. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's, you know that's what? John. You know what, yeah. Joe? You gotta remember, you didn't do the green lettering on those. I did. I was in oh, the warehouse. Man. I was in the warehouse. I did the stickers on one side and that on the other side before we put them on the pallet. And that's when you had first came on, wasn't it? I think was that the first summer or the second uh, summer? I don't remember. Oh man, I remember. But you're right. You did. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. the secret's yeah. out. <laughs> I did those, and I am just—I'm honestly shocked that they made it and got mounted, and they were still looking good. Like, and they held up great for the photo shoot too. Yeah, that they shipped and that didn't rub off, and they showed up and they were able to mount them without, like, because I mean, yeah, I couldn't mount a tire and maintain that <laughs> sidewall lettering on there. 
or uh, there was someone one time, uh, uh, Christian from Scapel Arms, when he did the boss tire and he did the blades part of it in brown. So he paints them up, whatever, fine. And then they go to put the vehicle onto the trailer. And when they drive it, it starts to crack. So he's like, ah, you know, dang it. So then, you know, they get the, you know, the truck to the show and then at the show, obviously touch it back up and stuff. What is does, was that just a paint pen too? Cause I've seen those pictures. No, no. The, Cause he actually had a small little uh, uh, paint thing that, and I think that's paint that he uses. Cause um, he does uh, weapons, like engraving and yeah. weapons and stuff like that. So it was something of that kind of paint. Cause he had a little brush and stuff even. I think we should just start selling the green tire pens. Hey, if you really want it, we'll just sell, right. sell, sell the tire pens to people. They do it themselves. If you really want it that bad, but you see what everybody wants it when they don't want to have to put the work in as soon as they have to put the work in and do it. Oh no, no, I'm fine with them black. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, that's okay. <laughs> it looks good after all. <laughs> the only thing that was bothering us, remember this, this, the, the hubs on the Jeep when it was rusted before because we had the bead locks on there. <laughs> all that effort <laughs> you're out there with the spray paint can not even a spray was it was it a spray paint can or was it a brush no it was a spray can and i would put the can into the the, the lid and then i was with a little paintbrush and just sitting outside the hotel in pennsylvania because <laughs> joe's like oh for the show we can't have the we can't have the, the center of the hubs be rusty the people are gonna see that people are gonna see that and they're gonna they're gonna say oh man those <laughs> shitty tires but never mind the fact that you know the bumpers are falling off but those those hubs have to be black it's covered in mud and it's covered in mud. You don't see anything now. Yeah. Then we went off roading on the night <laughs> yeah, exactly. ride. And got trashed. <laughs> we, we got it all washed up for the show. We go on that night ride. <laughs> we get it all washed up. And then the lady from, from organizing the night ride texts Joe and said, Hey, we're doing the night ride. You, we got to spot. Do you want to come with Joe's like, yeah. So the Jeep was, I had this thing mint dialed in. Absolutely mint for the show. We got just a mud pit. The thing was trashed the next day. I'm like, man, oh, glad man. I spent like three hours cleaning that up before the show. It's just absolute disaster. Well, this is probably a good time to sound off unless anybody else wanted to throw in any final topics for discussion, mm. points to bring up. Well, maybe not this time, but for next time, probably I was thinking like just like sponsorship request type stuff. You know, that might be something people would be interested uh, at a later point in time. Just, you know, how does it work and how to better your chances. And that's true. That's a good one. Or how to present best. I'd also like to talk in the future about, you know, the, the dreaded misapplications. Oh, yeah. What it is fits. what is a misapplication? It, it fits. What's but not no. a misapplication? Can I stretch that, my yeah. tires? What will fit on what wheel? Can I put a 12 and a half wide on a 12 inch wheel? The answer is no kids. You cannot do that. Cause that's not how tire sizes work, but we'll talk about that because I think people need to understand how tire and wheel size co- sizes coordinate because they don't, they, they, they're not the same. It's different. I, I can't tell you why I could tell you what's right and wrong. I can't explain it to you. Cause I, again, I'm not an engineer. I don't design these things. I'm not the one who that's a 12, five tire and that's a 12 inch wide wheel, but they don't go together. I just know they don't. I don't know why. Thankfully though, like on our, on, on the Atura website, the, the specs, you've been working really hard to get that up to date as much as possible. That's right, kids. So people always can check, check the catalog, check the specs on the website before yeah. you buy wheels and tires because. And, and the PSI calculators. I know PSI, it's in the works Proper PSI, yeah. proper PSI, proper wheels, proper alignment. That's how you get your tires to stay nice. Proper the, load range. Proper, proper load, load range. range. Yes. Yeah, load range spot on, man. Because the next exactly. time I see somebody with like the the boss on a dually, <laughs> it looks good I'm, though. It looks I'm so gonna good. come get you. 
but they look so good, man. <laughs> and, and like, a, if you if you want to do that, that's your own prerogative. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm not gonna come take the tires off your truck. <laughs> right. But when you come and complain because they wore like crap or whatever, that's your own uh, doing. <laughs> Fab Forest posted up a, a dually with some bosses a couple weeks back. I mean, it looked, you know, it looked great. Oh, it looks great. Like, oh, dang it. It looks great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but that's not going to work out for you. So like, we'll talk about that. Easy. We'll talk about sponsorships. I don't know. I'm sure we'll come up with other, other things to talk about, but I'm thinking at least make this, you know, a weekly thing. What do you think? Thursdays, Thursdays work out pretty, pretty well. I mean, I don't know. I like Thursdays this time. Thursdays it. Cause I think Thursday. it's a good time for East coast, for West coast, for, Everybody involved, and you know yeah. what? Maybe we'll have Edwin back again. We'll try to get some other people in here too, get a insightful conversation on all things because I think we interact with a lot of fun and interesting people who can bring something to the table. Because I, I don't think I'm that interesting, but I think we can well, find th- people th- interesting. No, that's not it. Th- thankfully, Edwin is like very, very technically uh, knowledge and experience, you know, and everything that he does. So that's a huge help for us. And and by us starting this and, and you know, and working with Edwin, um, it made me think about like what other people we might invite to, you know, and it, and it let me, it, it's a good way to bring in perspective uh, how many like really cool people we get to work with. You know, what's great too. A lot of people who would normally say no are not going to say no because they got nothing better to do. <laughs> I'm too busy. <laughs> They're like, nah, I'm too busy. Ah, no, see you, you're lying. Cause I know you're not too busy because you're stuck inside. Right. Well, even myself, like, you know, I've been getting more phone calls here and there, just people that have been training back in the days or whatever, trying to get a hold of you for one thing or another. Uh, like Seema reached out for a couple of questions. How are we handling all this stuff? You know, and the guy's like, oh, hey, how's it going? I'm like, what's up, man? And I actually like, I got time to talk to you. He's like, oh, I didn't think you'd answer. <laughs> oh, was that was that yesterday? Somebody called for you yesterday. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably yesterday or the day before. I forget. It was a Seema person. I talked to them and you know, I'm like, man, we're normally you're like, I'm really busy right now, man. <laughs> Stuff to do good to get caught up on stuff, so yeah, definitely. It's a nice but little pause, I guess. On that note, should we do one more? Should we do one more giveaway for anybody who's left here? I was, I was actually thinking if there's a way for us to go back through the chat and see who's there, uh, and if we could contact them because I believe at one point it might have got up to like say 15 people, roughly 15, 16. Yeah, I don't know just... if I can go back and view viewers, I know I can go yeah. back and view um comments. Yeah, I could see who commented. Okay, because then what we could do on the comments, maybe we could probably reply there for like, and we could just, if it's only that many people, we could send out like some shirts and, you know, I don't think it's too many. I don't know, what do you think? Or Yeah, we could do that. Um, We got to reach out to those people. So through a Facebook message or something, but we'll, uh, do we want to do one more uh, trivia question for anybody who's here? I don't know. There's seven people in here. I don't know. <laughs> Chris is funny. He's got just jam-packed. Sorry, can't do it. Yeah, that's, yeah, we can't. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Can't do that. Too, too busy. Um, should we, should, should we do one more bigger giveaway? Uh, right. We're giving away a set of tires. You have a one in six oh, chance shit. of winning because somebody left. So oh. we're going to give away 40 inch bosses for 42 is on 24 is only the most expensive thing. No, totally kidding. Yeah, um, like, oh, we wow. could do, we, <laughs> and this is the last post we ever did. <laughs> Our boss is just, just like he's on my phone's going to ring. You guys so are not giving away tires. So that tire talking you guys did, uh, we're done. It's never happening again. You gave away tires with the one in six odds of winning. And one of them is George. So it's really one in five odds of winning. We could do a hoodie. We do a hoodie giveaway. We don't have a ton of sizes though. And they run small. So 
that's kind of difficult. Uh, we could do, I would say do one of those windbreakers, but we do have a windbreaker giveaway on Instagram starting Instagram. And I think Facebook, maybe just Instagram. I don't know. Somewhere on social media, we're going to give away a windbreaker tomorrow. Well, since this is kind of like the first time we've done this, you know, we should maybe try to sound maybe a boss knife even, you know, um, let's do a boss knife next time when there's a little more people in here, we'll do a boss boss knife knife next time. Uh, this, do you want to give away a hat preemptively? Oh, that's probably going to be like four weeks till we get them in at least though. I mean, but then someone's in line for it. Oh, well, I mean, waiting, like, right? still, I keep track of who it is. Just, oh, just okay, okay, okay. They just won't get it. Like, they just like get right away. But they'll be one of the first with it, though. Like that, yeah. We'll give a, we'll do a hat. What do you, what should the question be? What should the trivia question be? Or we got those beanie hats for now. At least I think we might have one extra one of those. I think we, I think I have one of those in my desk. But let's, let's do, All let's right. do a, no, John, not going to do a boss knife this time. We'll do a boss, a boss knife, knife, knife next week. We'll do it. I would do a boss oh, knife. Boss but knife. We would. Boss okay, knife. You're all saying a boss knife because there's only seven of you in here. So, you know, you have That's a really fine. good chance of winning. The people have spoken. No, you know, you have a really good chance of winning. So I'm not, I'm not going to do a boss knife. Oh, man. We'll, 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 do, we'll do a boss knife next time. That, that gives you all a reason to tune in. We'll do a boss knife next time. Like when we have a. Eddie's race number. Oh, that's, Ooh, that's, easy. Yeah, perfect. that's easy to no. look up though. That's easy to look up. Oh, Okay. We'll true. do Edwin's Edwin's tagged in the description of this know. stream with his race he number. Is, they just scroll down. Um, let's do um. Ooh ooh ooh! We could do Edwin's finishing position in King of the Hammers. There you go. Yes. Let's see who who George. That's too hard. Pro two wins and torque. Yeah, that's that's, oh, that's a harder one. We're gonna do. Not what is whoever can get the closest to Edwin's finishing position and don't look it up. I actually don't know. So Edwin's going to have to like tell us when, 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 when the winner is. Cause I, I don't know what it came out to be adjusted at the end. Yeah. That's why they never adjusted them. <laughs> they never adjusted them. Yeah. Never. Right. Yeah. So Chris says, Chris says 26. It was higher than that. Wasn't it? Higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite, Chris. Let's see. Higher than 26. Not much, but higher. Last year I was 26, I think. Yes. Trying to Google this now. Well, you're going to Google what what his finishing position was? (laughs) Joe, Joe, you can't win. 22nd. No, 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 no. Chris, you're going the wrong direction. Yo, you, you can't win even if you find it. We still gotta know these things, man. Gotta know these things. Nine people in here. So for anybody who just joined, if you can guess when Mr. Mr. Edwin down there, what position he finished in, you will get one of the very first Atura Tires hats when they come in in a few weeks. I'll keep track and mail one out to you. 32nd, 42 are the next two guesses. 30 seconds, pretty dang close. Yeah, that's close. You're close, Chris. You're getting there. Oh, that's funny because I was searching Ultra Space 4, and uh, and it was like the searches were being weird. And then once it's obviously Ultra 4, one word. Joe like, was like, ah. this isn't Ultra 4 racing. I'm like, what in the... <laughs> Joe's found the weird part of Google. It's like, uh... 
42, John, you're too high. It's not 42. We've got 32 and we got 42. We're pretty much right in the middle there. Damn it, I was on top of the car in a onesie. Thirty-six. <laughs> <laughs> you got me wondering. It was he. Well, fifth. I, I, does Edward even remember what he technically finished? Joe, do you have it up? Yeah, I, th- I think it says thirty-fifth uh, on here. I thought it was thirty-fifth yeah. before yeah, I was correct. adjusted. That's the number I always thought it was. So, Chris. I'll mark you down for a hat. But you know, that's that's crazy because after Edwin, so Edwin was uh, the next one after you. Number the number thirty six person was at least fifteen, like twenty minutes uh, later. And then after that person, they're all like you know, one, two, three, five minutes within each other, or ten or something or whatever. So wow, it's a big. It gap. was just nice that we weren't out there in the middle of the night when Edwin. <laughs> you know, like Joe last year gave up hope. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, we're not going to see him finish. I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to the hotel. Well, that's when I didn't know how it worked. And you know, that was my first time there, obviously. So you're standing at the finish line taking pictures, not knowing that there's that giant map that tells you where the vehicles are. And so it's like, so each vehicle coming in. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Uh, so this, this year, now this year was a lot more exciting, man, actually jumping around the different, you know, uh, parts where they drove around. Because last year it was only Chocolate Thunder that I went to. Um, just didn't want to get stuck out, stuck out somewhere. Okay, we'll have the Ranger next year. We're going to be bombing through the desert. Let me tell you, if that didn't thing doesn't come bad. back from Hammer's Weekend broken, I was doing it wrong. <laughs> You're going to put in that event, that Gambler 500, whatever they call it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the Gambler 500 <laughs> race night. I'm going to I'm going to jump that that giant jump right there. Four wheels off the ground. Alrighty. On that note, everybody, I think we're going to call this a wrap. It's been almost. Two Chris hours. Won it. Chris won the hat. Yes, I already I said that. Oh, before, I didn't didn't I? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I marked him down. He's going to get the hat. We'll just send Edwin a hat, too, whenever they show up. Edwin needs a hat. Um, I think I'm just... <laughs> not supposed to be out. <laughs> on that note, uh, I think we're going to... Yes, we're all going to do the Jump Champs Long Jump and the Ranger. Committing to that right now on this stream on video. Just, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to get a phone call after this if I do that. Um, Cody, you're too late. He already got, he already got closer. I picked the winner. Cody, the winner. Cody yeah. I'll send you a hat too, just because you're putting the boss okay. back on supposedly. It's got a match tires. So I'll put, I'll put, I'll send you a hat too, Cody. You better, uh, I want pictures of your Jeep back on the boss though. And then I'll send you a hat. So we'll, we'll do that. Uh, yeah. but on that note, guys, I think we're going to end this first weekly tire talk with the Turo tires. I guess that yeah. name's going to stick now because I have graphics for it and we're just going to keep that. And I think it rolls They're off permanent. the top. They're permanent pixels. Even though we didn't really <laughs> talk that much about tires, but I mean, you guys don't want to hear us talk about tires and load ratings and plies and all that stuff for two hours. It's not fun. So tune in next time, Thursday, 7 PM central time. We're going to do this again. Uh, if you're watching this on the archive on YouTube, be sure to follow us on Facebook so you know when we go live. This will be live on Facebook every time we do it. Um, we're going to be doing a boss knife giveaway next week, so be sure to tune in. I'm going to keep doing giveaways this way because I think it's great to uh, encourage people to come in here to do giveaways because who doesn't like free stuff? So th- on that note, guys, this has been the first episode of Tire Talk. 
with the Turo tires. I'll see you guys all next time. Peace out. Thanks, Edwin. See you guys. See you guys. (laughs) See you, man. Thank <laughs> you.